0: Welcome to C3 Church Tabla. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Because all that I am, Lord, We follow you all of my days. No looking back, I've left behind my former ways. Take us uh, v- uh, down a, um, a, a, an incredible, I want to start, It's. I believe we're in Easter and, and this is where hearts are open, people's hearts are open and look guys, I reckon Easter becomes more profound every year, does it not? Easter becomes more profound every year and, and again, I'm just going through this whole deal of uh, understanding what Easter is almost like all over again, do you know what I mean? I've been saved like 30 odd years, but I feel like I'm getting saved every Easter now, every Easter. I'm going I'm to come to Good Friday, I'm going to respond to the altar, I'm sure of it. I just, I just feel like that, that could be on the cards. And, um, and uh, look, I just feel like God's speaking to us about Easter and I, I, I need to start probably this, this message in this series by giving you what I believe is the basis for our whole life uh, in the sense of how how this all began in the sense of when Jesus walked into that synagogue and I'll get to that but our hope man we just want our hope is real we were worshipping God here this morning we were worshipping his living just try and do that if you're struggling in your worship close your eyes and see Christ high and lifted up seated at the right hand of the father use your imagination for good things a lot of people are incredible with their imaginations uh, man, I'm trying to do some landscaping in the back of my yard, and I got this great guy. I bought some rock off, and uh, sandstone rock, and he's saying, "Why don't you do this? Do that? Why don't you?" Man, this guy's brilliant. He's a creative guy, but he's creative. I'm not, and um, sort of, but not. And uh, <laughs> and and our mind, our imagination—you can use it for good. You, you, you can see how Hollywood uses it, Transformers, and you know, we want to see that movie, don't we, Captain America? We've got to go see that. And uh, and you can see the brilliance of some of the minds, but our, our mind is brilliant. It's made by God, and it's to imagine God high and lifted up. It's to imagine your best life. It's to imagine, you know, your city saved. It's to imagine you serving God. It's to imagine you uh, uh, laying hands on the sick, and, and they will recover. It's about you being someone beyond your your just... You know, black and white self. It's about you being colourful in Christ and 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 walking out your days because you know you're special, you know you're anointed, amen. And you're you know you're born for more than just this—to be a housewife, to be a, a breadwinner, to be a businessman, to be a soccer player. You're born more. Than, you're born. Jesus, come on, Baba. <laughs> he's he's got so much going on in his life, Ollie. He's, he's He's this awesome soccer player. He's the SG phenomenal leader of SG. He's uh, Telstra's uh, employer of the year. He's, he's just going on. This guy is just outstanding. You know, at his funeral, it'll be ridiculous. Holly Schofield was a man of God. Served God from a young age. And did brilliant in the marketplace. Loved God with all his heart. Saved thousands. And uh, it's going to be awesome, Holly going to be awesome. <laughs> went to a, a funeral the other day, great man of God, Murray Newman's father, he, he's passed away, great man of God. We first encountered him in the mid-80s through the church and he was a legend of a man of God. He seemed ancient then but he's lived another 30 odd years since. He died a couple of weeks ago and went to his funeral at Coast Life and after his... After his um, you know, what was, what do they call it, the eulogy, everyone felt, oh my God, what have I done for God? What you know, one lady actually said to Julia, I just feel, man, I've got, man, I've got to do something for God, quick. <laughs> She's about my age, you know, said, I've got to do something quick. I mean, I just felt like nothing after that. This guy was such a legend. Everyone's waxing lyrical about, him. he's great, you know, he's such a humble guy, but, and uh, nobody knew what he was doing behind the scenes. The guy was phenomenal saving people, mentoring people, fathering people, he's an apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, all in one five-fold ministry and you wouldn't even know it. <laughs> That's a man of God, isn't it? When you don't even know he's five-fold. I get nervous, I, I get a bit concerned, this is Bishop so-and-so, Well, okay, this is Apostle so-and-so, Well, okay, wow. Jesus must have said that. The hope, okay, let me give you a scripture, let's do this. I, I too was challenged, when I when I did the message, I was challenged to resolve the last month's message, which is open your eyes. Can I do that? Can I have five minutes in, in, in this message? I need to resolve what, what I basically said uh, in, in last month's message, which was about our eyes opening, and, and I thought... When we said things like "God is so," God is working more mightily in our world today than ever before. He is calling His people to experience His great love. Amen? Amen. Through this relationship, God reveals Himself, His purposes, and His ways, and He invites you to join Him where He is already at work. When you obey, God accomplishes through you something only He can do. Then you come to know God in a more intimate way by experiencing God at work through you. And we talked about our eyes being open to what God is doing. And uh, it was a powerful message, but I I need to resolve it because I feel like everyone's received the imperative to open their eyes. But there is an important message that I ran out of time to give, and I want to do that um, when I get into this a little bit. So this message is called Our Hope of Easter. Say hi to our podcasters. Give them a God bless. And of course, our hope is secured in God. Let's look at Romans 15, 13. Let's just glance at because I want to go to Luke 4, 16. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Say "believing." believing. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. It's a good day when you're abounding in hope, isn't it? It's a good day. It's real, it's real. Just knowing Christ is there. He's paid the great price and is interceding for us. I just find that, wow, so hopeful. So let's look at Luke 4.16 and we're looking at Jesus now. He's virtually going public. He's been a, a carpenter for 30 odd years. And, and now it says in Luke four sixteen, he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as was his custom. Jesus went to church as was his custom. And I believe he turned up on time. I don't believe he came Oh Jesus late again. Yeah, look, yeah, yeah. Fifteen minutes late, this guy's a what's, stupid. What's so if you're having a problem, get to church uh, on time. Don't touch your what? Don't touch your clock. Just leave it as is and you'll get to church on time, all right? That's my recommendation to you. And you'll get to every other appointment that you go to. Sorry, that's a cheap shot, isn't it? He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as was his custom. And he stood up to read the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. Turned it over and found this place, this certain place where there was a prophecy of Isaiah. 4.18 says, the spirit, and this is the prophecy, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed. And Luke 4.19 says, to round it off, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll. So he finished there. There's more to the prophecy, but he said, no, all that is completed right now. Right, There's more to come, the day of the vengeance of the Lord. No, hang on. That's for when he comes back. That's judgment day, when he comes back. He pulls it up there and he says, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Meaning that from now on, there's a new gift being offered. There's a new message being offered. And that message is the year of the Lord's favor. And it's a message of salvation. It's good news and it's something desperately that we are trying to get to our friends and family and to our community. 10,000 leaflets turn up on Tuesday and uh, we're having those printed as we speak. Who's using their imagination? Just saw those It's great when you get your imagination going. The preaching gets better when you get your imagination. 10,000 leaflets, let's do it again, 10,000. They turn up by courier, who saw the courier tribe? They come here, and then we're going to distribute them to 10,000 people. Amen. It's a good day. But then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back on the attendant, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began by saying to them, "Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. It's the most profound. Pivotal scripture in the New Testament. Bang. He lays the gauntlet down. He, he throws the gauntlet down. He said, that's it. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, upon you. He has anointed me, he's anointed you to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, to open blind eyes, to release the oppressed and to proclaim to preach to testify the favor of the Lord that's that's it that's that's what the father and the son and the holy spirit came to do and they were as one this was the most important thing that could happen to humanity, right there. And the father was backing up his son and the the son was, was depending on the Holy Spirit. May they be one, it says in John 17. As I am one with you, Father, may they be one with you, Father, with me and with the Holy Spirit. That's why it's so important to be acquainted with the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen? Three reasons, three reasons why he came. The reason he came was to die on the cross, we know that. And the reason he came was to die for a sacrificial offering for your sin, amen? And the reason he left heaven was for us to be set free, to be born again, to have salvation, to have our eyes open, I say it again, to to be released from captivity where we were bound and couldn't live our best life, he wanted to set us free so we can dance, praise God, do what God's called us to do, live those dreams he's called us to live. People, so many, bam, one lady said, I, can't, I don't swim in the beach. All I do every summer is sit on the sand and, and, and I sit there and I watch everyone else swim. I said, wow, what? what? So Julie said, why do you do that? I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed about my buddy. I'm embarrassed to put a costume on. And she went through some deliverance, set the captives free, she was delivered, and you know what, she swims winter, autumn, summer, med. she's just swimming all the time now, she doesn't give a toss, because God set her free, amen, and that's what we're desperately trying to do for people, so they can go down the beach like a little kid, and just throw their towel down, run down to that beach, I took these two Vietnamese, <laughs> you can use your, <laughs> stop using your imagination. <laughs> I got a, I took, I used to work at Mount Penang Juvenile Justice Centre and I took about 10 juvenile lads, juvenile offenders and um, the two of them were two Vietnamese gang, uh, gang style guys, one of them been shot through the stomach and another, anyway. And I, I didn't know it, but I, we turned up the beach and both of them hit the sand like that and just started to play with it like little kids. They were about 17 each, about 17 years of age. Well, I said to this other guy, what's the story here? And another guy said, they've never seen the beach. And they were throwing the sand out and looking at the beach. They were reduced. I mean, one kid was in there for murder and he was reduced to a little boy of five. Just going, oh. And then they went down to the water's edge and they put their toe in like that. And uh, looking around and looking back at us. And they're looking at the other Aussie guys going in swimming. They go, wow. Oh. Put the toe in. Ah, oh, it's just so great. It's so great. And they eventually got set free. Got set free. So I wanted to go through that message, if it's cool. And um, let's, let's look at that Let's go to the first line. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. Basically meaning, and I've got to do this uh, very effectively, as efficiently as I can. Um, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. Anointed means to equip, to furnish someone with the means to be able to do what they're called to do. If, if you be anointed, you're anointed to do that which you're anointed to do. Amen? So we're talking about the... And, and this is where we learn about the Holy Spirit. We learn about the role of the Holy Spirit, the anointing. The Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, is upon you. He's anointed you. He's anointed you. Okay, so, and that's everyone, not just Jesus now. That's everyone. He's anointed you. He's furnished you. He's equipped you. He's anointed you to do what? This gives us a real strong uh, revelation of what the Holy Spirit's role is, is to be anointed. And when I was talking about this message of our eyes being open, I, re- I really felt that I-, I needed to clarify something in understanding uh, what, ha- how you can step out and do what God's called you to do. And I thought this would be powerful. And because um, we're talking about Jesus now, he is God, but he's a man and he's stepping out. And he realizes he's going to be anointed to do what he's called to do, to go to the cross. He's going to be anointed to preach. He's going to be anointed to raise the dead. He's going to be anointed to do all this great stuff in God. He needs the anointing. He needs it. He's a servant. That's why he's the suffering servant. He is serving the Father. He's not there going, I can do this in my own strength. I'm a superhero. No, he is totally dependent on God. And that's the same deal as us when we're depending on God, trusting in God, to anoint us, Rachel, to anoint you, to anoint you, to anoint everyone that serves in the church. You need the anointing, you can't do it in the flesh. So Jesus is a servant and he needs the anointing. And when you look in the Bible, there's so many references to us when we get saved that we're servants, being God's servant. John 12, 26 says, and the guys haven't got these scriptures, but whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. So anyone serving him, God's honoring you, and God's with you. Paul says it like this, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God. See, yeah, I'm God, but I'm not gonna suppose myself as having all sufficiency under myself to get this job done. Amen? I need the anointing. And that's why it says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. He has anointed you. And so it says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. So humility and obedience was the key factor for Jesus. And that's the two keys for us. Humility and obedience is the two factors. Uh, Matthew 20, uh, 20, 27, And whoever wants to be first must be your slave, must serve, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And, uh, and he talked about this relationship with God the Father in the terms of, of serving. As the Father has sent me, I also send you, John 20, 21. So basically, when we get saved, we are saved into the mission. We're saved into the mission to do what God originally, Jesus came to do, which is save humanity. So you can't get out of it, there's no way. You can't just look, uh, happy meal without the, you know, so, you know, what, what's the what's those things that nobody likes gherkins uh, I'll have the, um, the Big Mac without the gherkins you, you can't have Christianity or you can't have salvation without the mission can I just tell you that I'll just be as honest as that you can't say look I just want a good life I just want to live nice I'll be nice for Jesus I'll be nice but I certainly don't want to be involved in any mission reaching out to my neighbors or these people out here. Oh, she whiz. No, look, I'll be just nice and I'll, and I'll get myself to heaven like that. It doesn't work like that. When we are saved, we are joined with the mission. So anytime we say mission, you should be taking that on the chin. God, he gave us... Ooh, God, ooh, ooh. Garth, you don't want Garth in preaching. He's going to tell you the mission straight up. <laughs> Julie's just going to be nice about it. She said, look, just get right with God. Then do the mission. Pastor Phil, he's got his own style. I don't know how that works out, but I <laughs> hope it's good for you. <laughs> and he's shaping us. He's molding us. Jeremiah 18 verse 1 says, this is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord go down to the potter's house, go down to the church. There, I'll give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from, the clay, was marred in his hands. We're marred. We're out of shape. We've been out of shape. We're we're not right. Yeah. So the potter... Okay, so we're vessels. The Bible says we're vessels to be poured out. So the potter formed it in another pot, shaping it as it seemed best. And I believe that God's doing that in this in this church right now. That He's reshaping people. You know, I bought my mother um, a jug, a milk jug, in in the olden days in the '60s. We would have Mother's Day where you'd go through a couple of classrooms and they'd have all these gifts you could buy for five cents, ten cents. You remember that? And do you really, Marty? You really believe that? You must live in a very backward place. Anyway, <laughs> you still do that? Oh, praise God! We've we've. Still retain some of our traditions, great. Right. And I bought this jug, I don't know where I got the money from because I never had any money and it was a milk jug and I took it home and I don't know what was the story with this jug but when you went to pour milk out, I was so proud of this jug, I gave it to my mum, I was so chuffed that I could give something to my mum. You know when it, it just felt so good, I just felt so good giving Colin that car, your car, Jamie, I gave your car away by the way, Jesse. sorry, your car. Whose car was it? Your car, then... Sorry, we gave you car away. Did we tell you? Yeah. The barina, Holden, in the backyard with grass growing up I gave it to Colin. I gave it to Colin Hellwick. Was that cool? Good. Great. Oh, I just felt so good giving someone else's car away. <laughs> just felt so good. And he drove off. And I can mow my heart. No, anyway, so, sorry. Sorry. Oh. So, where am I up to? The milk jug. We're vessels, because I just sense that some people don't understand that we're vessels to be poured out. So I get mum puts the milk in. She's so blessed. I could just see that she was. She pours it out, and and the sp- and it just splayed out. It didn't pour properly. It splayed out like this. Somehow the the spout wasn't prop. It wasn't designed properly. This was a some crappy design thing, and. Uh, and and so what god does if we don't you know when you try and share about jesus and you go to pour yourself out and it splays out like that you know <laughs> it's like oh <laughs> 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 you go oh god why did i bother but then you have someone just like pastor julie you know she just pours so we sat down at westfield sat down on the just a she went in the dress shop you go in now. I'll just have this ice cream sitting there she came around the corner A lady sat down beside me really painting in, in her legs and she sat down Julie sat down and straight away oh hi how are you oh my legs are killing me I've got heaven I'll pray oh do you want us to pray for you you know oh gee that'd be that'd be great straight away she closes her eyes beautiful lady lovely lady dressed lovely and she closes her eyes, and I'm standing there. Julie's starting to pray. I'm going, okay, well, let's put. Pray. So, praying for this lady, and we're about 30 seconds into it, and this guy walks up, and, and I realise, oh, it must be the husband. He's going, he's giving me these eyes, like. <laughs> not as demonstrative as that, but it's like, you know, the eyebrows give it away, don't they? And uh, and she opens her eyes. Ah, oh, that feels so much better. And he's freaked out. He doesn't know we're the Mormons or the Jehovah's or something. He, this guy could tell, man. He's, and I went to shake his hand. I went to go, oh, how I. And, and he freaked out. He thought I was going to assault him. I said, wow, he's really freaked out. Okay, hands beside. The, let's, let's keep this sensible. And, uh, and, and she was absolutely blessed. And uh, gave you a kiss and cuddle. Thank you profusely. And he, he just got her out of there as soon as he could. He just got her out of there. Yeah, she was healed. <laughs> but what, what happens for us that get used by God, we, we know we're coloring in outside the lines. We know God is actually coloring us outside the lines. I'm going to have to preach that message later. This is all I'm going to tell you this morning. Because, you know, people are so so smart and sensible, they know, because they learn at a young age, to condition themselves to color inside the lines. This is who I am, this is how I dress, this is how I respond, and this is how I walk. And we all have our own walk, our own talk. And it is really hard for God to get through sometimes those people because they refuse to color in outside the lines. No way. I will not express myself like that and and, and allow myself to be vulnerable like that and allow myself to be inspired to do such things. I know who I am and this is who I am. Lump it or leave it this is me. But God, if we're servants, we're willing to get ourselves out. See, servants in in human terms, to a master, a servant to a master, the master tells the servant what to do. And the servant goes and does it in his own strength. In biblical terms, the servant Here's the master what he says, but the Bible says that the master goes with the servant and does through the servant what only he can do. That's right. That's really awesome. I don't know where these words are coming from. Must be all that preaching I'm listening to, all this wisdom I'm witnessing to my friend. And now I want to lay hands on them, but I'm in the middle of Westfields. What's that about? Now you're fighting with yourself, you, yourself, and I. Settle down, dear, you, you radical. World. What do you, you, you do? Don't, you don't do this. Yes, that's right, Jesus. And, and you have a war within yourself. And then all of a sudden, you tell you, yourself, and I to bow your knee. We're servants of the Most High God. And we'll do what God the Father is suggesting. Is that all right with you guys? And they just whimper out, well, it's up to you, go for it, go on, (laughs) embarrass yourself, embarrass yourself, see if I care. But you stand up in your spirited, holy ghost self with composure of not someone flaky or with a wild look in your eye, (laughs) holding composure with a decent, half-decent smile. Like Gail's looking at me right now, just not maybe that exuberant, but (laughs) (laughs) looking and just saying, you know what, I think God can heal you. What do you mean? Yeah, well, I go to this church, I believe in God, and you know what, I reckon God can get you a job. What do you mean? I've been unemployed six months. No, I just really reckon right now, right here, right now, God can heal you of that. What's that? That poverty thing, that spirit of lack I reckon God can heal your knee. I reckon God can. That's what I, at the prayer meeting, I said, in oh all the prayer, praying for the nations and community, I said, heal that knee. And the, and the whole Wednesday night prayer team, come around my knee. Come around my knee. And do you know what? It felt so better. But that can happen out there. That can happen out there. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. He has anointed you with good he has anointed you to preach good news, to proclaim freedom for the captives. Who are the captives? I reckon they're like people who are like the lady on the beach, who, is, who haven't swum in the beach since they were kids, but they're, they're, they're being shut down. They're being shut down by the by outside forces. They've been shut down by the intimidations of people and life. I I reckon we need to be set free from ourselves because I don't believe we have power to set ourselves free. That's why it was good news. The good news was that Jesus was going to come, pay a price on the cross, so that we not only could be anointed, but we could be set free. Set free to live our best life What's the blind eyes? The blind eyes is that people who can't see their spiritual condition. When you say, I go to church, when you, when you say to them, Adam, I'm a born again Christian, they go, Adam, get out of here. What are you saying? There's nothing wrong with you, brother. Look, you're so handsome. You're an awesome builder. Man, you've, you've arrived. You don't need any God in your life. You don't need God. You, you've made it. Look at yourself. But Adam doesn't look at himself in the natural, he looks at himself. In the Holy Spirit, because He's anointed, and the anointing came upon Him, and He saw the sin in His life, just like we see sin in our own life. And when you see the spiritual condition of your life, you say, God, I need you, I need your good news. And do you know what the good news is? It's being set free from your sin. The greatest need that anyone has, and everyone has, is to be forgiven. The greatest need that our community needs is to be forgiven of their sin. Because they're slaves. The Bible says they are slaves to their sin. Whether they live a very clean life, disciplined life, they are slaves to their sin. And until their eyes are open, and that's why we need to pray, guys. We need to pray and believe that their eyes are being opened this Easter season. Lord, we're praying eyes are opening. Let my eyes be open so I can clean my act up, so that I can serve you, so that I can put myself in a position to be flowing God and being used by God. It's His anointing. It's His power that flows through you. It's not your own strength. He loves weakness. He gets around weakness. And He says, that's where I can be strong. It's people who are full of themselves, think they're marvelous and wonderful. God can't get through them. They might be able to do stuff for God, but they can't. God can't get the fullness of Himself through that. So if you're just feeling a little bit, You're not down on yourself. That's cool. You're a candidate to preach the gospel, to get someone saved, to invite your friend to church this Good Friday. If you're a little bit inhibited, that's okay. Get the anointing on you for the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. He's anointed you to stand in a fallen world. He's anointed you to share the good news. He's anointed you to be an expression of God. And that is your most exciting life. When you find yourself in Westfield praying for an older lady in a matter of three, four minutes, but somehow God uses you, by faith you lay hands on that person and she looks back at you and says, thank you so much. Thank you. The result is not as you imagine. The result could be a smiling face back at you with sincerity of eyes the lady looks back at Julie and she says thank you so much that someone reached out that someone cared how would you respond if that lady and use your imagination what's your response right there what's your response if an older person came up sat beside you in a public place what's the first thing you would like to say Go with that. Man, good day, but true. you look like you're doing it hard. Oh, these knees. I'm booked in for an operation. Do you know what? Just tell them you're a minister. Do you know what? I'd love to pray for you. Is that cool? And do you know what? God will open their eyes that they need prayer. God will open their eyes to the fact that that this is a God moment. And then you will pray for them momentarily because it only lasts a moment. Don't go in for the, you know, don't try and give them a Bible, a track, the address of the church. and Forget that. All you've got to do is plant the seed like Paul. Someone's going to water it. God's going to make it great. Let's all stand. God bless you. Father in heaven, we're vessels. We want to be obedient. We're humbly submitting ourselves to you, God. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3telgraph.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. There is no greater love than that of yours. We want the world to know so we'll rise in selfless faith to live like Christ for all our days.